Hello and welcome to Platonic Life Mates. My name is Melissa. I'm Whitney. You sound very prim and proper today. I am very prim and proper today. Okay. It's because you want to know why? Why? This is a Platonic Life Mates first. Listen. Okay. Listen. Yes. Did you hear it? It makes me have to pee a little. Oh, I was pouring myself a second glass of wine. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So well, I'm drinking bourbon and Coke because it's been a week. So. This is my first this is my first time drinking recording. So this could be um, me too. Beautifully amazing or beautifully tragic. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, it's just been a day. It's been a day. So I'm it's been a, a few weeks. Girl, the Rona. The Rona has settled in. Let's, you know what? Let's not. Because our social media feeds are slammed with Rona. We talked about Rona last week. We can touch on it, how it affected our week, but let's not, let's not, let's not get the, let's not let the Rona get us down tonight. Rona blues. No, no Rona blues. I don't, okay. Okay. How was your week? I don't know, because I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Fine. I said you could talk about it when you're talking about your week, but let's not let it dictate our moods. Okay. Uh, well, we had the first full week of work at home and school, so that went pretty smoothly. Good. Um... Uh, yeah, my bedroom is a one uh, is a now a one room school, so I don't know how the fuck they did that in you know the eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds because I don't like it. Um, I wish I could transport my basement to you to use for a while because I have two desks set up in here, two working spaces. This that would be, be perfect so nice. for you. <laughs> That would be so nice. And they're both for me. One of them is like office, computer, podcast recording, and the other one's like a standing desk for like sewing and crafting and making like my t-shirts and my, you know, dog, uh, Waldo Barkery stuff. That would be great. Mm -hmm. I have a little desk that I luckily set up to do podcast stuff. Mm -hmm. So it also is now my workstation because it's got the computer and it's got a microphone and headset so when i do all of my virtual meetings it's already ready to go and then we brought up a little extra table we had for lorelei and chair so it works Aww. nice. have you are your virtual meetings are they uh audio or video and audio uh they're both it depends on what i look Ooh. like on that day has anyone stood up without pants on not in i'm any just of waiting my... for it i mean i think people are are coherent enough to not do that but no judgment if it happens i mean i know i have a, a couple of friends i've been talking to crystal one of my friends like she's had a couple of meetings like with like uh like higher ups in her company so she's been putting on her suit jacket but she has her sweatpants on underneath her desk oh yeah i have like <laughs> i was like we love had just, it uh we had just had a like a team's chat and somebody <laughs> was like i don't mean to brag but i was like in my work athleisure clothes before one today and we're like oh damn look at you fancy <laughs> i mean i have a routine of the kids wake up we get breakfast i bring my my laptop down and do mm -hmm. start some work and da, 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 and then we transition upstairs by nine okay and at That's that point bad. yeah and then i change from 
work pajamas to or from sleep pajamas to work pajamas slash athleisure at that point so i do change out of sleep clothes to something else so at the end of the day do you change back into pajamas or do those or do those work pajamas become that night's pajamas and you change again the next day you change back okay there's some there's some semblance of you know whatever and i brush my teeth and you know yeah i'm I'm Uh, keeping it classy yeah i don't even i mean i um yeah i had you know how i knew what day of the week it is this week my what's written old, under no my old lady pill of the day container hey that would work there have been days That's i didn't know I what know. day it was mm-hmm. i mean usually i at least know like because i'm planning for volleyball practices or tournaments like i know what's going on you know and like right now this is uh this is saturday right now i should be in west virginia at one of our biggest tournaments of the year we should be kicking ass and so that's why i'm having some wine tonight (laughs) no it makes sense Mm -hmm. so all in all my week was actually pretty good um last week i started a new medication to kind of like help with like motivation and stuff like that dealing with like depression and ptsd um and I've noticed a difference and I've actually had, I actually had had a pretty excellent week, mm. um, all things considered, you know, nothing over the top, but for me compared to like maybe how my last three months have been, I feel like I've just been at shit the past three months. I had a really great week last night, uh, out of nowhere. I had like that panic anxiety attack snuck up on me. I don't even know what caused it. I had finished, uh, I think I talked to you about it actually. I had finished folding towels. Um, like my last load of laundry I was like feeling kind of accomplished and it just came out of nowhere and it hit me and just zapped me out for I would say probably a good hour and a half of just just down in the just down just real down um it got better it always gets better like you know it's never like hopeless but kind of came out of nowhere but outside of that I had a pretty good week have you ever had a um oh what is it called Sleep paralysis? Uh, I don't, uh, you will have to describe it for me. So sleep paralysis essentially is um, like in a dream, I think. It's like a dream state and um, but you can't like, or you're, you're semi-conscious, but you can't move or speak or anything. No. So that's, it's happened to me a couple of times, but uh, last weekend it happened to me. Uh, like the worst has ever been. I felt like if I wasn't, <laughs> if I wasn't a normal person, if I was like even a little bit crazy, I would think that like a demon was trying to abduct me because I, in like this mid range, like half asleep, half awake, uh, like I knew I was dreaming and I felt like somebody was like climbing on the bed and laying on top of me. And I tried to like scream because I I was trying to scream to wake myself up and I could not move. And finally, I think Lulu, my Corgi, realized like I was in distress and she came and kind of like laid next to me and I felt her fur and it was kind of grounding. And I was able to like slowly make myself wake up by like feeling her and her fur. It kind of like brought me back a little bit. I talked, I actually had, because of everything that's going on in the world, I had a video, um, uh, session with my psychiatrist and like I explained what it was and she's the one that told me it was sleep paralysis and it's caused by you know trauma and PTSD and stuff like that and 
suggested uh, after, you know, things have calmed down in the world that maybe you get a sleep study. And she asked me if I've ever had a sleep study before. And I'm like, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> I sure have. So I had a sleep study because I don't sleep. I have chronic insomnia. And I had a sleep study just a couple of years ago and it came back inconclusive. Again, I went to the sleep study because I don't sleep very well. And it came back inconclusive. And my doctor, a different doctor says, well, it was inconclusive because you didn't sleep enough. And I'm just like, no shit. That's why it was there. And so I didn't redo it. So it was like, because they're like, they wanted me to redo it. I was like, it's going to be the same outcome. I don't know what you want me to do because you. I thought I wasn't allowed to take any type of uh, sleep aids. So I was like, cool. Well, that makes sense, though. I mean, that would definitely change what is going on. Normally. Right. But I, I, I'm there because I don't sleep. <laughs> well, I found this week that I would, like, get through the day mm-hmm. and, like, we get through it because, like, I have stuff I have to get done. And it'd be a very busy day between work and kindergarten stuff like busy and i get the like okay and then the day would finish and the kids would get in bed and both of them want me to put them to bed this week oh no daddy lorelei always wants me to put to bed like always since Mm -hmm. she was birthed from my birth canal um (laughs) like the only days i ever miss are when i'm not here and then everett it's like yeah it's like a 50 50 crapshoot like yeah and it's been like all mom this week mommy i want mommy all, and it's like, mom, all the time mommy. yeah so i was like doing all like i get up with them and then i do school and then i gotta put both of them to bed and so i get them in bed bedtime is later uh just because like that's how we're rolling right now because mm-hmm. i have like zero shits to give about anything um and so i get them in bed it'd be like eight o'clock and then i'd like sit down and then I'd be like, well, let me, like, see what's going on in the world. And then I have, like, 45-minute rabbit hole of just, like, what's going on with everything. And so I was having these, like, internal freakouts. I'd be sitting on the couch perfectly fine. But my <laughs> internal monologue was, like, losing her shit. I just, like... It was, like, on Key and Peele when... uh. They have the um, interpreter for Obama, you know, oh, yeah, the, yeah. Anger interpreter. <laughs> the anger interpreter. And that was going on inside of my mind. So I'd be sitting with Joey, we'd be watching something or whatever. And I'd be like, mm-hmm, and like inside I was like, what the fuck is going on with everybody and the shit and the tr-? And I'd be sitting there reading. I'd be like, we'd just be watching, and I'd be completely quiet. And inside, I was like rampaging. And I saw a meme, and it was like, I feel like the kid in elementary school who keeps losing recess because a couple people won't be doing what the fuck they're supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah, that is where we are. I think I even made like a post about that this week. Like, I'm tired of losing recess because you guys can't keep it together. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I said. I will say I feel like uh, I feel like I've had I feel like I've had some like fire status updates with everything that's going on like I don't know what it is but I I feel like I've I've appointed myself like the comedian of our friends group of saying bullshit things or sharing bullshit stuff and just ripping it apart because that's just the asshole I am sometimes I think it's because I've been in a good mood I think I said last or a couple weeks ago because I've been in a better mood I'm able to like 
uh, dial into like the negativity that's in the universe going on in the world. And yeah, I, I, I'm just like in it right now. I'm, it's just like more material, more material for me to try to be funny and make people laugh. You do what you gotta do. I've tapped into my Luther. He's quietly eating my brain. And, uh, yeah. That's where we are. But if these people don't stay in the fucking houses, I swear to God, I ain't gonna lose my shit. Also, pet peeve. Stop calling it a quarantine, people. Unless you have had some medical person tell you that you have been exposed to the fucking virus. It is not a fucking quarantine. Quarant- also, at, I feel like someone else told me that, I know, and I know this is what the, our Ohio governor said, but that technically we shouldn't call it um, shelter in place because that's like a military term for like under attack. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. That's what you do when you're like being fired from. But no, people call Just this. And I know this will not change because everybody's calling it this, but it is a goddamn pet peeve. That is the wrong term. Even, it even says it on the CDC website. Yeah. It's not quarantine. You quarantine only need a, you only need you a self-quarantine are... when you've been exposed. Or I think some places, like some countries, like if you like return to Canada from somewhere, Canada is telling you to self-quarantine for 14 yes. days. If you have been moved from a place of mm-hmm. high uh, exposure or if you have actually been exposed. Actually been exposed. Not just like, well, Barb had like, I don't know, she wasn't feeling well. and That's not fucking quarantine. So everyone calling it self-quarantine. Damn. You are using wrong words and it's driving me personally crazy. I'm sorry. Stop doing it. It's just isolation and it's driving. Stay me home. Crazy. Stay at home order. Just it's a stay home order. It's just a stay but home order. It doesn't mean you could like you can still leave the house, take a walk. Just make But you ain't visiting sense. people. You ain't visiting people. Don't go to people's homes. Don't ask to go to people's homes. That is now is not the time. We ain't going to like a dinner party. We ain't stopping by. We ain't, oh, we're just right by Dorothy's house. No, you ain't doing that. I, Stop it. At one point this week, I don't know why, but I was deeply, doesn't make any sense, but I was personally offended by people who were just like blindly sharing like memes or not memes because memes are funny, but just like facts and, and finger quotes about the Rona. And I, I was like, no, like I spent one morning I had nothing else to do. I spent one morning like, like sharing like Snoop's articles about like how what they shared was incorrect. Like I was like, no, I'm uh, no, you no, you're not gonna make panic. You're not gonna play this down. Like I'm just like, no, no, no. Well, on a Facts. on a related thing, actually, the World Health Organization is putting out an app, and it comes out on March 30th for that exact reason. They are Go putting ahead. out an app about the coronavirus. And like all the information about it and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it comes out on March 30th, people. So just download that because it will be actual information and not bullshit that Karen is telling you. Karen don't know shit. Don't listen to Karen or Karen's aunt and then the shit she puts on Facebook. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, speaking of Facebook. So I noticed someone had shared something. I don't remember if it was Rona related or not, but there was like a, it was like, had like a, like the picture, the image had a film over it. And there was like a warning that said some of this information is incorrect. And like, it seems like, and it was like, you could click to show it. And it, so Facebook has some, is instilling like some type of like filter that 
controls incorrect information shared. So I don't know how accurate it is, but I was I was I was pre- pleasantly surprised to see that that was happening. And I think it's going to be great once we get into once Rona, you know, dies down and we get into hardcore election season, especially living in Ohio, election season is tumultuous. Um it'll get great. It'll be better. I like that. Because people get real butthurt over things. Well, let's hope it continues for that, and not just for the Rona. Because I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you ready to move on? Our topic. Our topic of this pod. P O D pod. Um. Wow. We need to work on your letter sounds. I am very good at it now because I've been doing it for two weeks. So. Oh. That is not how you would pronounce P O D. It would not be pud. Pod, P O D, pod, like Lily, like Lily, yeah, pod. pod, like a pod I live in. You said pod. Well, it's probably because I said it being silly with this silly voice. This okay, pod I'm voice. just concerned about. I'm concerned about you being a nitpicky butt face. All right, so this week's episode, we are discussing our March. Yes, it is March. March, uh, book of the month. Uh, we've been talking about it, uh, or we've been letting everyone know every every podcast. We've been reminding you what our Uh, book of the month is that's miss you by kate eberlin eberlin i still don't know how to say her last name i should have checked that so i apologize um before i go over i'm going to give a quick like review of this not review a quick overview of the book uh i love this book so remember that my synapsis here is probably very (laughs) one-sided okay uh the story begins in florence in august of 1997 two young ladies from the uk friends from childhood are nearing the end of a summer holiday before each will embark on different paths tess who has recently received her a levels has secured a place at the university college in london her close friend doll is set to be a beautician Doll is a lively, engaging, animated, ballsy sort of friend who is an excellent compliment to Tess, who is deeply sensitive, quietly resilient, and a bit naive about the way things are in the world with an abiding passion for art and literature. Then there's Gus, who is also in Florence at the same time. He's with his parents. Together, they are the picture of an ordinary, autonomous English family. Gus is the compliant son, but inwardly he's really uneasy and anxious, given that he will soon be going to London to study medicine. He's worried about becoming more independent and really learning who he is. While exploring the city on his own, Gus has a chance meeting with Tess. It was a fleeting, awkward encounter for both of them, as such meetings between two people can be, especially when there's a sudden mutual attraction. Sometime later, Tess and Gus meet for a third time at the Ponte Vecchio. Please excuse my Italian. Gus was standing in line for ice cream. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and there she was again, smiling as if we had known each other all of our lives and were about to go on an amazing adventure together. Tess then informs him, This brilliant gelato place is down by the Via Denari, where you can get about six for the price of one. In response... Gus tells Tess, I don't think I can manage sick. Six. Remorsefully, he confesses to the reader that my attempt at wit had come out sounding pompous and dismissive. I wasn't very good at talking to girls. 
um in this part i really relate to uh to gus uh when you find yourself unexpectedly in the presence of a person who is singularly attracted to you but you're at a loss for words in a vain attempt to both impress and ingratiate yourself with that person opportunity loss in gus's case he stated stared at tess like a moron with sentences jostling for position in my head as her smile faded from sparkling to slightly perplexed before she hurried off to catch up with her friend each succeeding chapter follows the paths of both Gus and Tess over the next 16 years. Gus tells his developing story in one chapter in a given year, and that is supported by Tess sharing and catching the reader up with her ups and downs and what she's found herself in the same year. Most of Gus's life is clouded by the tragic death of his older brother, who is clearly the apple of his parents' eye. Tess returns home and is soon engulfed by a family tragedy that will systematically alter the trajectory of her life. And yet, through the passing of years, the reader is witness to how chance or fate may bring together or keep apart two people, somehow destined for each other. In July of 2013, Gus attends a Rolling Stone concert in Hyde Park, where about six people in front of me, I noticed a tall woman tracking an ephemeral, silvery, white image as it floated over her head. Her expression as innocently delighted as a child, gazing up at a circus trapeze artist. Her lips sinking with the words of the song, almost as if she had sensed me watching her. Our eyes met. Her mouth stopped moving, and time stood still. Then the butterfly flew away, and her face merged back into darkness through their joys and honestly more through their agony both gus and tess become real people once i read the last sentence in the book i cried tess and gus eventually cross paths in italy again they share their life stories they share their faults their mistakes the last 50 pages of the book are beautiful but that beauty is because it is anchored by the sometimes gut-wrenching, sometimes anger-inducing chapters that come before. While I will never believe that everything in our life happens for a reason, I know that each of us are who we are today because of everything that we have gone through. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> what do you think of the book, Whitney? I really I will fight you. Left. Shut up. I really liked the book. So did I. Um, I read it really fast. Yeah. It also was the perfect pandemic read. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't read the book yet, you still got time because we in this bitch for a while, yo. Um, no, it was really great. Um, I really liked Tess. Um, she is... An interesting character full of like really great qualities, some interesting choices that you're surprised by. And um, some terrible choices. Yeah, and some really you're just like oh. Well and, and for me, I feel and both of them, both characters have terrible choices sometimes. I mean they're good people. They're terrible yeah, choices. I think you never I feel like it makes them more real. Yeah. Like, it's not this, like, cotton candy, fluffy story. Like, two people fall in love. You know, there's something that breaks them up, a miscommunication, but they figure it out and live happily ever after. Like, that's the trite story that we always hear when it comes to romance. Yeah. And this is different. Like, they don't, 
you know, their life isn't great. I wouldn't say it was great, but their life doesn't come back together full circle until they're 34 years old. Yeah. Which I think it's it's tragically beautiful in a way. I feel like that makes me sound like a hopeless romantic, which I am not. But I love it. I'm definitely not. Um, I, yeah, let's start the beginning. So there, you know, she's 18. She's on this trip. I, uh, when I was reading it and then she gets home and, and she finds out, you know, her mom has breast cancer and her mom ends up dying. And then, um, she, she gives up her, like her spot in college to take care of her sister who, I mean, and her dad's, her dad's alive. And I just, I was, I was so, so angry. angry. <laughs> I was angry through so much of the book. I, actually, her because- dad's character, like, so like I kind of said to that, that synopsis there, like, the book is good because of the heartbreak and because of the terrible things that happen, but it still doesn't make you less angry. And I just want to like reach out and just like grab her dad and just shake the shit out of him and like make him be a man and make him be a father and stand up. Like Tess gives up her life, essentially her young adult life to take care of her sister. And her father is, he's not grateful for it. No, it was like expected. And he, uh is judgmental even later later in their life like he blames her for the sisters you know uh wanting like i think one point like a sister had talked about wanting music lessons and he's like mad at tess for not giving music lessons when it was touched on that he wouldn't have paid for lessons because it would take away from his money to go to the pub every night and it's just he's a shit person and i hate him but i know he has to be there for the story to be what it is but i still yeah. hate him Oh yeah, I was I was so outraged for her. She cuz she has two older brothers. One lives in Australia and one lives in New York. And And they're uh, dismissive of her too. They are. Yeah, especially we don't really hear much from the one in Australia. He's only there for the funeral for the mom and the Yeah, he never really comes back again. But then we we do hear from the one in New York cuz they go to visit. Um and uh yeah, she she like mentions how that hard it is and like that she gave that up that i you know i gave up my spot to go to, i could have gone to university for literature and she's mentioning she's telling his partner this and you know he mentions like oh here we go about this again like so dismissive of the fact that an 18 year old young woman gave up her spot to go to university gave up her life dreams and put like gave up everything she was a sister she wasn't a mother and the father was still alive she gave up all of her life put her life on hold to take care of the what she was like seven at the time i thought she was five she was young maybe five yeah maybe five or six yeah i guess she was in kindergarten it's like six um to all of a sudden become the primary caretaker of this sister at 18 and like and everyone's just like, oh, stop your whining about it. Where and then it was like she gave up all of her future, and they're just like, oh, Tess, like, oh, no. they're like, oh, I mean, it's not going to stop you from reading books. Just because you're going to be a literature English major does not mean you're going to school to learn to read books. Exactly. And like this guy is a dancer, so uh, you're yeah. also in the arts. You could have danced. Yeah, it yeah. was very frustrating. And I was like, okay, this was like in the 90s. With, you know, I had to keep reminding myself of when this was. Um, and then later we find out in the book that the younger sister, she you know, she was a very different, they talk about how she was very. Oh, she um, had tantrums and would like, what, you know, she was very specific and 
about how she wanted like she would listen to me, the same like CD or music over and over and over she again. No, everything about it, and I was like, oh, this this kid is on the spectrum for sure. Mm-hmm. And then later in the book, when she's much, she's older. I forget exactly how old she was. Um, probably around maybe twelve or somewhere in that ballpark. Then they diagnosed her with Asperger's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, ah, ha, ha, yes, that makes sense because I, I, you could see that coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even then, the dad is like not involved yeah. anymore. Yeah, he, even, he even blames Tess. Talking to the doctor, he says, "Oh, he blames Tess, saying like, yeah, you know, Tess doesn't know how to be a mother. You know, you know, what can we expect from her to be able to raise a kid? She doesn't know anything about raising a kid." And the doctor's like, "It has nothing to do with her upbringing. This is something she was born with." Yeah, and it's like. Even if it was, so even if she had something that, like, she was behind in school because Tess wasn't, like, spending time with her doing her homework, it's still, it's not Tess's job to raise her sister. Yeah. That's your your job as her father. Yeah. So, meanwhile, like, after her mother's died, I can't remember the exact timeline because I didn't write down very good notes about (laughs) timeline-wise. Her dad ends up, like, shacking up with another woman. Yeah, and he essentially moves in with her, and just the the nude woman doesn't want Hope around. Because I thought, I thought, okay, this is going to be this is going to be Tessa's chance. Like Hope has a new stepmother. Yeah, like, but it's not. She doesn't want her around, so he just like leaves, and Tessa's in their like their flat by herself, raising her sister. The dad's moved out. I could not. Like when that happened, I was I was like. My anger went through the roof. I was like, so, so dad gets to move out, live yeah. with new girlfriend, and new girlfriend's like, so I don't want your underage daughter to actually move with us, though. She yeah. can just continue to move with your, live with your of age daughter, but you can come stay here. And I like, well, I was like, what the actual fuck is up? No! Like, I could Put yourself in Tess's place in that situation. What would you have done? I, I, I mean, Tess is like, Tess is not you as Tess, you uh, as Whitney in Tess's situation there. I would have like gone to that woman's house and dragged my dad out by his balls. I would have dropped my sister off. Yeah. I mean, I probably wouldn't have dropped Hope off because I know that like Mm -mm. that would have been traumatic for her just to leave her, like to drop her off like that because it would be a house she didn't know and things like like. Mm -mm. You, like I couldn't have done that, but I would have gone and got my father. Yeah. Like I, I am. I might not- have even like reached out. I mean, it, this book is based in the UK and England, so I don't know. But I like you know, in here, I would have probably like contacted like Child Protective Services and been like, yeah. my dad is not taking care of my sister. Yeah. And, oh like, yeah. 100%. And maybe that would have got her into like programs and stuff to really help her. But I mean, maybe I'm selfish. And like again, I want to say this a lot, but. The, the tragedy of the book and the tragedy of both of their lives is what makes the book oh yeah beautiful but yeah. I, mean, I, was so situation, I was so mad for her in that it situation like, like i i i don't know that i would have i actually i don't say I, I know i don't know i don't think i would have done it i don't think no. i i i to be like oh i have to i'm i would have went to I'm college your own yeah, I would have went to college. I would have met the guy that I met in Italy again. I would have lived down the hallway from him because that's the, 
I, I would have done it and even like left my father to figure it out. And so that's yeah. kind of also like what happens throughout this whole story is there's all these like they run into each other, they kind of run into each other here or there, or like they're in the same place like, at she the gives, same time. Yeah. But they like, don't even know it. She doesn't go to college and she drops out right before it starts. And the uh the room that she would have lived in is given to a girl who becomes Gus's like best friend. Um at one point she eventually moves to London where he's living and they're living like on the same street or the same neighborhood, same, you know, Portobello Road area. Um they fly to uh, New York at the same time, they're on the same yes. plane, but like they're in business, you know, they're in economic yeah. she's in business and she's uh, in coach. Uh, when she's at the, when she convinces her father to take Hope to the doctor to get the Asperger's diagnosis, uh, Gus's girlfriend at the time is the one who's like sitting with Hope in the waiting room while the doctor talks to Tess and the father about what's going on. So they're always, or they, they, they frequent the same, um, cafe. Like they're always just brushing past each other and they don't realize it. Yeah, it's very, it's, and it's, it's really well serendipitous. It's super sweet. Um, oh, one thing I want to touch on is I read a lot about this book. And again, I love this book. So I feel very defensive about some of the reviews that I read that were critical. Uh, so someone compared, and I guess a lot of people have compared this book to One Day, and that's another book you, we're going to review, we've talked about that we're going to probably read in December because it's like a Christmas book. So a lot of people have compared it to One Day because it's just chance meeting back and forth. Uh, and not to give away too much away about One Day, but it's it's very different. In One Day, these two people, they know each other, they've been introduced to each other, and they kind of come in back in back and forth in each other's lives. Tess and Gus meet in like a cathedral in... Italy and they don't even meet they just see each other they see each other yeah they're like in a cathedral they're looking or she's in there first it's dark he went running he's a distance runner he comes in he puts a coin in the slot the cathedral I don't know if it's really a cathedral I don't know what it is it lights up and goes back and they see each other for like two, I think it turns off every minute I think they see each other for two minutes and they go away so it is very different than one day so I'm very, I, I'm very, I feel like I'm very protective of Kate in this book, but it is not like one day. So all those reviews that you might read about that, they are incorrect in my opinion. Well, there you go. I just wanted to say that. Okay. So how did you feel? So we know how we feel about <laughs> Tess's family. Yeah. We feel very, uh, I love Tess and I think she, her family, she gets a very raw deal. She um, does. And I, yeah, I just kept coming back to being so. But she's still like she's still. But she she's so loyal to her mom and the and like doing. And what I think her that's why she wanted. does, and she gives up her life. So, I mean, she does. She really yeah. she gives up her young adult up. life, yeah. and I think she does it for her mother. Oh, 100%. not because not because you know she has some like attachment to her dad, and that's what he wants, and no, she's trying to prove no. herself to him. It's because she loves her mother yeah. unconditionally. She, she loved her mom. Her she. She loved her mom. She her mom was always there. Her mom did everything for the family and and like and yeah, and this is what she was like, this is what my mom would want. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna take care of Tess because my dad won't. And this is what my mom would want. Even when even when mom was like, cause Tess comes home from her holiday as an 18-year-old getting ready to college, her mom has terminal breast cancer. And like her dad's just like well, what is this gonna mean? Of course, everything bad happens for me. Like he's just a selfish prick. 
Yeah. And he's not even like taking care of his wife. He, again, he's at the pub. Yeah. You were going to ask me a question. What do I think? What do I think about Gus's family? Well, so yeah. So then we flip over during this kind of same chunk of time, right? This mm -hmm. like early, like this early adulthood, 18 to like through early 20s. So then we have Gus. And we have the flip side. So Gus has a, a family tragedy as well. And we learn mm -hmm. that his brother died in a ski accident. Um, and they were in Italy as kind of a like, they're very prim and proper. They're kind of the opposite of Tess's family. Well, they're like, they have, like, they're affluent. They're in a, yeah. like, you know, his father is a dentist, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a dentist. Well, it was his older brother, Ross. And he was studying to be a doctor. And so Gus is going in to be a doctor as well. And um, they kind of went to Italy as like a vacation. And we're going to kind of try to move past this and da, da, da. Um, and so, yeah, Gus is going to university. Like Melissa said, they would have been neighbors and blah, blah, blah. And so Gus's trajectory through this is to go to med school. And he meets a girl there named Lucy. And they wind up, you know, being in a really long-term relationship. Like for six or seven six years. years. Yeah. yeah. I think all through, um, like, all through university, all through, all through like, yeah. I don't know what the equivalency is. But it seems like all through, all through, uh, you know, like, university, med school, residency, stuff like that. Yeah. However, I know. I'm always like, I don't know how I university know works. And, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I was reading it. And I was like, how does med school work? In the UK, this is very different than you know. over here. They start right away. What? Like, it was I very know. different. Um, it's more so what did you think efficient. Of, yes, it was. What did you think of kind of, like, that period of his life? Like, the Lucy period and the, like, stuff that went on. So, I will say, so initially, like, the Lucy period. So, again, so uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how this book was going to go. I honestly kind of assumed... I did. I kind of assumed that, like, you know, they had that, like, happenstance meeting and da-da-da, and then something was going to happen w almost immediately within, like, the first couple of years of their lives and, like, meet again and live happily ever after, and it was going to be fluffy cotton candy type of story. So, like, the whole, most of, like, Lucy's relationship, I was, like, like, I kind of, like, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So I was, like, always anticipating, like, what was going to happen. And, I, w I mean, I was surprised uh by what happens uh so eventually gus when he's like in what i guess i would consider the equivalency of his residency he um is the hospital working in the a and e which is i think the equivalently of our like ed or er yeah um and he runs into ross's ex-girlfriend ex not ex-girlfriend but they his were... girlfriend when he when he when, when he, he died, died. yeah um, Charlotte. and you know, she, they end up going out for drinks. Then she takes her back. She, she's dating Lucy. They go out for drinks. She takes him back to her place and they have sex. And, um, it starts, uh, sorry, they started an affair. Oh, and it's on nine 11, by the way. Yeah. Like it was a, yeah, he had like, just like a really stressful day. I feel like, oh, well, there was, was like, like six, an accident. He did like accident. a double shit. Yeah. And he and... ends up working a lot and it's, it's nine 11. They're at a bar and he's like, what's going on? She's like, are you serious? You must be the only person in the world that doesn't understand what's going on, but he's been in the ER all day. But that starts a, um, it starts an affair and you know, Several times, like, he tells himself, he tells her that this is it. This is, like, you know, I have a girlfriend, da, 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 And she just seems dismissive, like, she doesn't care. Um, I feel like, I feel like that, 
I think it's because Gus is, I think he's genuinely unhappy. No, okay. You know how I feel about infidelity. I know. When I was, otherwise. When I was reading this, I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear so tell what me Melissa why. says about this. I know. I can't stand infidelity. I can't stand it. It's like, it, like it, it's Last the biggest week. turn off. I'll stop watching a movie. I'll, it just like, no. And I, I feel like a hypocrite because I feel like... Gus was so unhappy with his life. Gus, I don't think Gus wanted to be a doctor. No, he did not want to he be a doctor. He was so unhappy with his life that he was, I think he was self-sabotaging. I think he knew like this was going to end his relationship for, with Lucy. I think he knew that this wasn't what he wanted. He was just, I think he was conditioned by his parents to just always do what was expected of him. And I think he was just biding his time until Lucy left him because it's not what he wanted, but he was a pleaser and he was just, he was in it until Lucy left him. But, um, eventually, uh, what's her name? Oh, what's the girlfriend's Charlotte. name? Charlotte. Charlotte becomes pregnant and Charlotte is, she's like, how would you describe Charlotte? Um, Charlotte is like a, she comes off, she comes off, at least when you first meet her, is like a cool, confident, and by cool, I mean like cool demeanor, like a mm -hmm. cool, confident, um, take charge. Power uh, woman. Yeah. Like she, yeah. yeah. She just is like, I know what I want. And I don't really have time for the nonsense that someone's going to give me. Either right. it's this or this. And let's just move on. But I think, I mean, I think at her core, she's just a user. She's just a user. I think, I think near the end of their relationship, she says some things as they're breaking up that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, like he never, Yeah. Yeah, where I was like, oh, that's a different take. That and it was, and I, yeah. I get, I, I can see that. Like you have to, I mean, and she's right in a way. You yeah. have to put effort into a relationship, and he assumed a lot. He assumed, yeah, he assumed a lot of. But I think it was also he. Again, I'm not making excuses for him, but again, I think he was just doing what he thought she wanted. He, you know, he doesn't have great communication skills, and he was just doing what he thought she wanted he thought she really didn't want to you know be like the mumsy type of person and so he kind of stepped into that role of being like stay at home dad and yeah, taking care of the kids. of the kids and i think he relished in it because i honestly don't believe gus wanted to be a doctor i think he was a doctor because it was expected of him uh i think it was a doc he could be you know you went back to being a doctor later on because he made a lot of money to pay for an expensive house mm -hmm. you know i I think I think um, Charlotte was very money motivated. You know, she wanted to move into this large house they couldn't afford. And when he explained it to her, you know, she didn't care. Yeah. That's just that's what she wanted. But eventually, you know, she gets pregnant. She uh, he offers to marry her, or she brings up marriage. And he, this is one part where I feel like like Gus again. He's an idiot. You know, and I don't. I don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't hold this against the author. I think this is his character and his way of 
trying to figure out if Charlotte was being serious because he never really understands. He never really knows, you know, if she's joking with him, if she's making fun of him. So his way of like trying to see if she really is pregnant is to ask her to marry him. And she says, yes. Well, she brings it up. She's like, well, aren't you you going to offer to marry me? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you going to make an honest woman out of me? Like, right. Isn't that what you're going to do? And Mm -hmm. like, okay. And she's like, great. Like it. So it's just sort of like, you're going to, yeah. And he's like, okay. But it's just like, stop doing, what are you doing? It's just mind games. Like, and you're there, like, just there. Like, you can just see, like, like, she's just a toxic person. And, like, as a reader, in your mind, you're screaming, like, abort, abort, abort. Just because she's pregnant doesn't doesn't mean you have to marry her. You can't still be a great dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your relationship with Lucy is over. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to marry her, and but it doesn't mean you're not going to be a, an amazing dad. Because he is. He's a great dad. Yeah, he's a good dad. He but really um, likes it. he ends up, he knows he has to, he's in things with Lucy. He kind of puts it off for a week and he ends up at his parents' house. I think his dad calls him and says, like, we need you to come home. We have some things to discuss. And Lucy asks to go home with him. And again, I don't know why. This is just. Just say no. Know, just say just, no. Yeah. But he's a pleaser. So she he he's, lets her yeah. come home with him. And um, come to find out that mom and dad are getting a divorce. Uh, mom kids like she is all sorts and can't handle it, you know. And basically it's because mom has never gotten over. What was the brother's name? Ross. Ross. Mother has never gotten over Ross's death. And like dad says to Gus, like she's never, she won't move on. And you know, he's having an affair with his dental assistant and stuff like that. And mom is all sorts. But the first night there, Gus can't sleep. Him and Lucy are laying in bed and she keeps asking him what's wrong. And he's, she's pestering him. And he admits it. He says, I've messed up. And he tells her everything she's done. And at first she's really calm and cool about it. And then she, you know, loses it and like cries. Well, she's like processing it. She's yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, she's very, I mean, that's just how she, I mean, she's a, she's a doctor. So she's very intelligent. She goes through things, but she says something. Actually, I have it here. I, 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 I felt like it was kind of profound and I kind of thought about it a little more. I'm like, it kind of makes sense. And she says, cause she's talking about, she, he, you know, he lied to her. Like, he kind of made her think that Charlotte was like an old family friend and he was supposed to be going with her to the opera and stuff like that. He was doing family. Um, like an obligation. An obligation, you know. But, you know, she kind of finds out the truth. But anyway, um, Lucy says, once you lie about something, you lose respect for the other person you're lying to. Lucy continued, thinking out loud, you thought less of me because you hadn't told me that. So... It made all the other lies easier, I suppose. And I kind of, I thought that was kind of meaningful. And I, I, I see it, you know, like you general, not you, Whitney, like you, you, once you kind of lie someone and they, you know, like, okay, I understand. Like, you're just kind of like, uh, like you're an idiot. You're dumb. You believe me. And I think that's kind of what happened. And, you know, Gus is a pleaser. Charlotte, you know, was, I feel like initially Charlotte was kind of using him for sex and as an escape, and he was just doing what he thought she wanted. And also, he was having really good sex. It was like, he was, sex. it was like mind blowing sex. Yeah, he was, he was getting something out of the deal. Um, yeah, he just, it was shitty. He'd been with Lucy six years. He should have ended it. He mm-hmm. was enjoying a fling. And it, turned into more well there's nothing wrong with enjoying a fling married and the other stuff first and they never should have got married like yeah Gus didn't know how to like 
he didn't end up with Lucy. He didn't respect her, you know? Yeah. It wasn't his person. It doesn't make what he did to her okay, but it just, he should have ended it. But he's just a pleaser. And I think he knew that Charlotte, like, that's not his person. Yeah. But she was pregnant. This is what you do. Um, yeah, it was just an interesting choice. I did not, uh, did not care for Charlotte. I didn't either. Um, as a, as a person or as a mom. So, another thing. Honestly, more than Gus. Honestly, I picture Gus, and Gus is kind of my, you know this, Gus is tall. Of course, I mean. (laughs) A ginger. That, I mean, that's kind of my, that's my type. So, like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> but, um, so, at one point, Lu- uh, not Lucy, I'm sorry, Tess is dating a man who uh, isn't her person. You know, uh, yeah. Tess loves culture. She's, like, she's a sponge for culture. She likes museums. She likes art. She likes literature. And this guy is, a like, a bro. I don't know. Um, it's just that's not his shtick, and that's fine. It's not who he is. But you know, she's with him for a long, a long time. He asked her to, he asked her to marry him. She doesn't really say no or yes. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. She she goes to New York with. She takes Hope to New York to see her brother and her brother's partner. Her brother's gay. That brother's gay. She comes home, and she meets up with i forget her boyfriend's name i don't dave. even remember his name dave. huh Ma- dave yes dave um and there's something going on she's not real sure and he breaks up with her and at the time her best fr- her best friend her lifelong friend this isn't like high school this is like years later like lifelong friend this is her whitney this is the the whitney to her melissa has he's cheated on her with doll her best friend what did you think about that? I mean, that was awful. Now, this was so heartbreaking, too, because she had in New York, she had kind of figured out that, like, yeah, I can't marry him. Mm-hmm. So at least there was that. But this still it doesn't was make it OK. Exactly. Because at least it wasn't like she had been like, yes, we're going to get married. It was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't marry him because mm-hmm. he's not my person. But I... But shame on Bill. Yeah, no, this was horrible. I identified with Tess so much when, because, like, she never had a boyfriend. Dave was the first guy to ever really notice her, ask her out, really. Right? She's always like, you know, Doll is always the one that people went for. She was always the vivacious one, always the, like, she's really pretty, and people always wanted to, like, ask her out. And so when Dave, like, you know, he hung out after the school because she was a, a teaching assistant there at Hope School, and he came back to like ask her and out. And he was really they, good with Hope too. And like he, was he really so good with Hope. He was good with and, Hope. And you know, they had fun, and they'd been together three years. And he asked to marry. It was the first person she'd ever had sex with. Yeah, and like, and so there's so much, and so I think it was this whole like, well, who you know, he's the first one to ever want to be with me, and this has been like you know twenty years or whatever who else will and blah, blah, blah. but she she had reckoned with that of like yeah i don't think he's my person and then she sits down and she just asks a question of like have you seen doll because they're working together to like get her store up he's doing the plumbing and stuff and mm-hmm. he just blurts out the like we've been ha- we've been sleeping together while you've been gone da, da, da. and she's like wow that's not what i meant but got it and you're just like oh my god what and I just felt so awful for her because, like, the two people that she doesn't have anyone in her life. 
Yeah. Anyone. She's got Hope, who is not capable of giving her... She doesn't give back. Blood. Just, yeah. It's not in Hope to give no. back. She just can't. She's, she's just an not emotional taker, not a giver. And that's and, okay. It's just who she is. Yeah. And so the uh, the only two people in her life that she gets anything from have gone behind her back and cheated. And so... Mm-hmm. like. i honestly so that that transgression and like there's other stuff that happens later on but that transgression was the worst that was the worst for me like it was too because it was like because it's what i mean it's one thing to cheat i don't i can't handle infidelity like i said but like to do that to your friend and you know there's no there's there's nothing there's nothing on this planet that can convince me that that was okay they're, no. they're, uh, you know and like and dolls in it they're both they're adults this is several years into young adulthood yeah, they're in there they're... And, and, and honestly like it reminds it reminded me of like us in high school remember i i was dating a guy who broke up with me being i was heartbroken and like shortly after he broke up with me I, he asked you to prom and this is high school you know like our brains aren't fully developed and, and, and because you are my best friend and because you're a woman like you laughed in his face yeah and i i and doll has years of like life experience and she backstabs her friend and like you know that tess had no one else no No one literally nobody family is useless she has no other friends you know like what i yeah this like was a knife to the heart reading this i just was I think I might have cried. Like I, was I, I did. Devastated. Was, this is her. one of the points where I cried. Uh, like this was like like cry, like cried. Um, devastated. Yeah. I, 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 because I, I feel like I related to Tess in a way I can't explain. Our lives are very different in a way. I mean, we both lost our mother at college age. Yeah. Um, but I. I you know life doesn't turn out how you expect it to and i think that's maybe how i related to her i'm not sure uh, i'm not english <laughs> I, mean, I, I went i mean i traveled europe and i went to italy at a younger age and you know promised myself i would go back and you know i can i can relate to the scenery and stuff like that but i i, I as a human yeah, i just don't was- know how tests like didn't give up at that point like how i don't know how you just like don't say fuck it and just like become a a cold-hearted person and just say fuck it and just don't give up i mean and and give up i don't know how you i don't know how you don't give up move to a convent you're just like fuck it i'm gonna go hang out with some old ladies yeah or just like move away and start over like call your dad up and say hey it's time that you fucking step up and you be hope's dad i'm out and you move away and you start over and you're selfish because you have to be selfish to survive. I know. It was ridiculous. I could not. I just It was hard. So <laughs> I'm sad. I know. Maybe it's the wine. Oh Lord. That's why I don't <laughs> drink wine. Well then Tess moves she like moves she moves on. She she gets a job. Um at a supermarket. And kind of moves supermarket. up. She um joins a writing group and she ends up having an affair with the professor instructor yeah and hypocrite how do you feel about that one 
Um, first of all, gross. <laughs> but you know what? Um, gross. But also, she has a shit dad, and so I mean, I it's it's trite, but it's it's daddy issues. This is an older man who is telling her she's smart, she's brilliant, that she's a good writer. Uh, and of course, she's gonna you know fall for him. I I get it. I can't relate, but I get it. Um. Uh, she becomes the other woman to this sixty-year-old man. I don't think she. I think I don't think she realizes he's sixty years old, and he he um he gives her the attention. You know, she has no one, and she's gonna latch on to somebody who is uh for uh supporting her. I guess not not financially or anything, but just emotionally, she needs that. She's broken. Yeah, she's yeah, she needs something. Understandably so, but she's broken. Yeah, she's kind of. I guess I kind of wish, I kind of you know because I I love hope. I love hope so. I I think you know I'm I Gus is attractive, but I I I hope reading the story not hope sorry test 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 reading the story like I put myself as the character of Tess and I just I wanted her instead of this like instead of this like affair being this other woman like this infidelity crap like I I, I wish that she could have just like persevered and just like pulled herself up been her own person been her own rock succeeded because you know what I mean but the story is beautiful because of the tragedy. And so that's not what, you know, obviously that's not what can happen. But I, I wish that's what would have happened for Tess in this part. <laughs> yeah, but I think she had to have like missteps and mistakes. Exactly. Like, like when she finally meets Gus and he like is telling her about the affair and what happened. and They're kind of on equal like, playing fields. Like, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh my we God. We both you, made I some can... shit decisions in life. We both were that person. We both fucked up, but yeah. we're here now. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. Like, we're better be... than what we used to be. Yeah. I think she needed that. And then later on down the road, she comes back to Doll. Like, yeah, uh, something happens. Oh, it's she is—it's Hope's 18th, 18th birthday, birthday, and she goes out to dinner with Dad and, and Dad's girlfriend, and they kind of like oh, and, and Marcus, which is kind of like Hope's friend. She works with him in a music Mark. store because Hope is very like musically inclined, and they all kind of gang up on Tess and kind of tell her that like she did a shit job of yeah. taking care of not a shit job, but like you could have been better and. It, I, I remember being so angry at this. Yeah, I was very and mad. just being like, "You well, fucking like so and grateful actually, shitheads." It's like, actually stuff that she brought up at the time. Yes, and, and her dad was like, I'm, "That's expensive." Right? So, yeah. and then her dad. So, and she's like, "I have to go." Um, instead of like standing up and being like, "Actually, Hope and Martin, I brought this all up to Dad, and he didn't want to pay for it." So, yeah, I do like, wish she would have like put people. I in wish place. she. Yeah, and she even brings that up at herself. She's like, "Oh, I'm doing the same stuff I wish Mom had done," mm-hmm. you know. And and she actually reconciles with Doll. Yeah, um, she leaves she's like because she does. She doesn't have anybody. She literally doesn't, even hopes kind of turned on her a little bit, and she like leaves and walks around and like the only person the only person she wants to talk to is Doll, and she calls Doll, and Doll answers, and Doll's like, "Where are you?" Like she sends a cab for her and picks her up and 
they reconcile and it's yeah it's so i nice. think she i think she kind of had to have that affair too to like oh i was also the other woman you know what yeah. i mean yeah. like i can I've see that i didn't think that yeah like put herself in doll's place like you're in like it's yeah. it's yeah, because the love you feel is stronger than the guilt you have of being that person. Yeah. And, like, Doll and Dave actually are married and they are pregnant. And, like, so that relationship did bloom and mm-hmm. become something more. Um, yeah, so it was yeah, just like I, a fluting thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think having that affair was actually helpful in rebuilding that yeah. relationship, maybe. I don't know. Well, and then let's talk about Gus. Gus is married to Charlotte. They have a kid, and they decide to have a second kid, who yeah. um, who like has Just, some like, let me like tell some you. small issues like eczema. Let me tell you. Oh, when your marriage is not great, the Having best kid thing to do is have a second child. It works every time. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. But <laughs> so you know, Gus, because he believes that. Charlotte doesn't want to be the mumsy person. He, you know, steps up and like takes care of like Bella's the second kid. And um, you know, he kind of stops working and Charlotte's the breadwinner, but he assumes wrongfully that that's what she wants. And um so his mother moves in with them temporarily, but was gonna be a longer term, but temporarily moves in to take care of them or to take to be the nanny because their Polish nanny moved away. And one day he gets a call while he's working from the daycare about picking up the oldest daughter is uh, what's her name? Flora? Fiona? Flora. Flora. Um, and he, you know, he's concerned, like my mom should be there. You know, he's like in the she they're like they let her stay the afternoon. He goes home and he finds his mother asleep. Um, he finds vodka well, in the kitchen. Correction, passed out. Passed out, drunk. Um, he finds vodka in the kitchen and he thinks his mother is just drunk, just drunk. But then he goes upstairs, he finds the or and he sees his daughter, she's sleeping. Um, uh, and he uh, eventually he finds the daughter's bottle and he smells it and he realizes his mother has been giving his daughter alcohol to help her sleep because she's colicky and just like she has asthma she has eczema like nothing no like major like issues but just smaller issues that add up and you know he kind of goes off on his mother you know she's an alcoholic she's drinking why should be care of his children on top of that he's she's giving his children alcohol and you know mother like storms off and leaves and charlotte because Charlotte wants this house and like mother was going to sell her house to like, they're all going to live together. Charlotte says, Oh, well, like she doesn't care that her daughter like is being drugged with alcohol. And I just, that's terrible. And I mean, it tells you that Charlotte, Charlotte's a shit mom. And this comes into play later, but, um, because he was dealing with his mother, he backs out on um, uh, and going to an opera with his wife, Charlotte. And uh, while there, his wife meets a, a much older man, and they eventually end up having an affair. Um, I don't know how much long years later, you know, a couple years later, she tells Gus that she's leaving him. Uh, she's moving to Switzerland with this older man, and that she's taking the kids with him. And Gus is Gus is devastated, and I, I, this part I th- I cried so hard 
when this kind of, like at the end of this part because Gus is like he's I wouldn't say sacrifice his career because he doesn't want to be a doctor but he I mean he's a stay-at-home dad he has nothing to fall back on you know his wife is supporting him and he's just being like a good dad and she you know she wants to take the kids with her because she wants to be the mumsy mom and she kind of blames him and says like you never asked me you never did this but also like all of her actions point towards his assumption. So I'll stand up for Gus. You know, she was fine with her kid being drugged with alcohol to sleep. You know, she was fine, like not changing diapers and letting Gus, you know, take when I went to the beach to meet uh, with his friend. Like she was fine letting Gus lead everything. And all of a sudden, you know, it's his fault because she wants to be a mom. She wants to be the person who stays home with her kids and she's going to take his kids away and there's nothing he can do about it. Well, it's like, Okay, you could have said something. Exactly. Communication. Like, he never asked and you never said it. So you're equally to blame. And like, I if hate. If you want to be, if you want to spend more time with your kids, then you need to say something because he's not a mind reader. Yes, right. he never asked and you never said it. So um, this part, I had a real hard time getting I had a hard time. And like, I, this is the part too. Like, I feel like, so I've been listening. So. <laughs> First of all, you're if Kate's out there, if she ever listens to this, you're welcome. I have the I have the book on Kindle. So I have the digital book. And then I read it a couple weeks ago. So then I downloaded the audio books to listen to again. And because I love this book and I want to have it on my bookshelf to see, I have the hard copy of this book. So you're welcome. You got my money three times. But anyway, <laughs> I was listening. This was actually Thursday. I was listening to the audio book because I knew we were recording and I read the book weeks ago. I was listening to an audio again and this was the part this so I was folding towels and listening to this part of the book and then all of a sudden I had the anxiety the panic attack the breakdown and I don't know I don't know I won't blame say the book you know it's just like that's just my life I have anxiety and panic attacks but it was just like I was like I was so sad and depressed about this part of the book he's losing his kids who he hate who are his world like his wife is not his person his kids are his person at this point and they're being stolen from him and there's and you know and he seeks help but there's nothing he can do except you know try to be amicable and be strong for his kids and you know try to be like you're still gonna see dad i love you very much and all these other things and that's and that's all he can do and i See, I would I can't not imagine. I I feel like if he went to his friend and like his friend said, "Well, that's all you can do," and then he got a lawyer, and that's all you can do. I would have I would have searched a hundred options. I would have yeah taken I, my kids so, to Canada and ran away. Well, that would be mad. You would lose your kids, but you uh, find me. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time reading this part just because. I, I feel like he should have given up a, a fight, but then I but I also right. understand why. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I had a hard time reading this just because, like, my kids are just slightly younger than his. And I was like, I cannot imagine not seeing my kids both right. of them It's one day. thing to have, like, shared and, like, parenting. It's one thing for your kids to move to Switzerland. Yeah, and, like, I would have fought this because I think he has got, like... He's a pleaser. He, well, he's got a pretty good case of, like, no, I have been the caretaker, I know that she's the mom. But he has no way of supporting like, them. You've got a pretty good case of like, I've been the caretaker here. Like, I'm but a stay-at-home dad. But think, though, this is and, a different time period. It, but things are changed now. It wasn't that long ago, though. I still think people, and I don't know. 
I don't know the UK, you know what I mean? But like um, historically, even here, like courts favor the mother for child. Oh, custody. I know they do, but like I would have fought this. You know, I would have. I you should have fought this, yeah, because like. But he also realized he realized yeah. what I was going to put his kids through. I would have. I mean, no, I agree. Um, because yeah, like, how often do you see my? This is what I'm doing. I'm living for these children. This is the only reason I married About his you life. Is because I had a kid. It's the only reason I'm and now you're all of a sudden going to take them away from me and move with some man I've never met before and be like, no. There's and no the fact that her that, that the kids knew who this man was. Yeah, see, all of that I would bring to court of like, yes, she took away secretly to introduce these kids. I didn't know this was like all of this to me would pile up as being like this is some shady shit, like no. So yeah, I, this part was very hard for me to. Any time that there's like children being taken away from like a really good parent and something, I just it, I have a really hard time reading. So it's. Mm-hmm. Like she wrote it really well, I, my heart broke for him. I this was anxiety inducing. I just had a real hard time. It was even as much as I hated Doll doing what she did to to Tess. I feel like this was the this for me was the the hardest read of the book. Not in a bad way. Not like the author, like this was a bad part of the book. No, just like the story. Like no, this was just yeah. emotionally hard. Yeah. It, it, like, again, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. The tragedy of the story is is the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And this is just part of the tragedy of the story. Yeah. And it's hard. It was gut-wrenching. It was, yeah. It really was. Um... And going back to being a doctor and you know his goal is to maintain this expensive house for his daughter so that they have their home to go to um and, and, and charlotte's kind of a shit person like you know she wants you know because they kind of agree to like well, let's talk to the girls and let them decide where they want to live and she sells them on like pools and exotic yeah, places was, and stuff like that she and manipulated like, her kids like yeah, it was gross. she's a shit parent yeah. she just is i she's who do you like least charlotte or the dad charlotte probably yeah because she manipulates the kids where dad is just selfish and he's just a shit person but charlotte and that's who he is it's just he's a shit person and it's just his personality but charlotte charlotte chooses to be manipulative and to be a shit person i feel like she's more evil anyone who manipulates like a five-year-old you're awful like dad is just disengaged he's just like nope i'm just selfish i'm gonna do what i want for me i'm disengaged goodbye charlotte is like "Mm, i'm gonna be involved with you but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna manipulate you to get what i yeah like later when she wants him to sell the house she uses the girls to be like daddy this house is so big just for one person and did it you know so it's just like putting words in your kid's mouth and using them to manipulate your ex-spouse is gross you're gross so yeah yeah um with all this like mother mother died uh, uh from breast cancer and um tess uh has the uh the test to see if she has BRCA3, which is a gene that makes you more susceptible to um, breast cancer. And she has it. And she has this, the DNA of it. And um, the the 
preventative is to have a double mastectomy um, and eventually a um, uh, hysterectomy. Uh, it's a test that I've had before, and it is it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> um, but uh, she wrestles with it, and she chooses to have the double mastectomy, and she, you know, has constructive surgery and has that taken care of. Um, and she, when her and Doll reconcile, Doll um, opens a store in London. Well, no, she oh. is going to have the surgery, but she finds a lump. Right. So she decides. Oh, yeah, you're right. Gonna, you're right. Yeah. She goes, okay, I'm, I finally decided because she gets the results and she doesn't make a decision for a while. True. Because she, she's makes really young. Yeah. But then she finally makes a decision to move forward with a double mastectomy. But before she can have that, she kind of has a, a fling with an, she's like, oh, I'm, oh, this is fine. Okay. And then she, in the midst of that, she ends up finding a lump. And Correct. it turns out it is cancerous. And so she ends up going in for surgery. And that's why she has the double mastectomy. Yes. So. And she has uh, reconstructive surgery, which I'm interested too. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a different. There's different ways of having mastectomies. I wonder what they. Do. I wonder if she has nipples. If she has tattooed nipples. If they were able to save her nipples. It was something I always asked Michael. I was like, if I have to have a double mastectomy, I was like, will you donate your nipples to me? And he said yes. And I said, nah, never mind. I don't want to have hairy nipples. <laughs> yeah, that would look weird. I know, wouldn't it? But also, I was kind of like, boobs without nipples, like, like reconstructed boobs. I was like, I could just wear shirts without bras all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know, awesome. but they would look really weird, though, not having nipples. Yeah. So, I am curious. So, I would love to know if Tess still has her nipples. Just how that wow. surgery worked for her. Um... Oh, and it, it kind of, because, you know, everyone in, it, you know, hot topic in the U.S. right now is, you know, socialized um, Medicare and stuff like that. And, like, she even says that, like, even on the, is it the NHS National Health? She's like, you know, you don't, like, when you have cancer, you go to the front of the line. Like, and it's just like people in America are always like, well, people will die waiting for surgeries. And, like, that's an example oh of, like, God. no, you know, elective surgeries maybe will get put on hold, but, like, you don't die because you can't afford health care like there's someone who just died and like 16 year old boy died in california because he didn't have insurance for uh covid19 i digress anyway um what was my point uh, she has a surgery i don't know about her nipples she has a surgery um gus his friend nash who was the person who took essentially took uh, Tessa's room when she gave it up, you know, many moons ago, many years ago in, in university, uh, sends him, like, on, you know, his kids come back and visit him. They're supposed to be there for a week. This is not a manipulative thing about about Charlotte. Is The kids are supposed to be with him for three weeks, and he finds out they're only going to be there a week because she signed them up to go to camp, and he doesn't want to take that away from them. Just shit. Like, she just, it's shit. She's a shit person. So his friend Nash signs him up to go to uh, a call. He loves cooking to go to a culinary class in Italy and Doll signs um, Tess up to go to a writing class to finish her story about, you know, her mother's life and hope 
and they uh, end up at the same like retreat place. Is it where there's? It's a retreat. Like it's probably where rich people go to make themselves feel better. There's yoga. There's writing. There's cookery. Which cookery is so nice. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what else there is, but they uh, Tess and Gus end up at the same place, and they're. They don't, they don't recognize each other right well. He actually, he recognizes her super, relatively quickly as the girl uh, from the Rolling Stones concert. She Before this happens, they're at a Rolling Stones concert somewhere in London, in I don't, Hyde Park. And um, he recognizes her. It's kind of, I said that in the synopsis. synopsis and she you passes out. He's the doctor. In your brain, what your neurons do. What? I see, you keep saying synopsis, which is what your neurons do. You I'm sorry. Synapses synopsis anyway anyway he takes care of her she goes to the hospital uh he goes to it's not the hospital he works at it's a different hospital he tries to see her obviously he knows they can't give her information he leaves flowers for her um she leaves the hospital leaves the flowers he doesn't understand anyway they end up at italy together and there's an attraction. He realizes who she is, but she doesn't know who he is because, you know, she was passed out when he was there. And um, she's there for like a writing stuff. She, you know, breaks out to the writing session and she's talking about her book. And then like, I kind of really like the way that the author talks about like there's different characters who are in the writing group. And the American is like, that's cool. Interesting. And I'm like, fucking hell. That's the shit I would say, too, in that situation. Like, you nailed that American person kind of being one-dimensional. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, that sounds great. Like, it's like when you, like someone sent you a text message of, like, something, and you're like, cool. because <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> great. That's so great. Cool. I was like, wow. Yep. Good job, Kate. How do you- I applaud that. How did you think that it wrapped up? Like, oh, like I said, I, the the ending of the book was was awesome. It was beautiful, uh, but that, but like I, that, the beauty of the last fifty pages of the book were only that amazing because of all the shit they went through. You know what I mean? If it would just been a story about two people who meet in Italy and then you know years later meet again, it's not the same story. It's because yeah. of all the stuff they went through. Um. Uh, she ends up leaving the writing group because they kind of are overly critical and she doesn't want them to be part of her processing. And she joins like this tour, the touring group from this place. And um, she ends up kind of doing off on her own thing and going back to that original cathedral because she promised herself, you know, 16 years ago that you'll come back to this place. And I think in the beginning of the book, she even says like, I promised myself I would go back to that place. You know, it's something you say to yourself at 18. And I, I was like, wow. Like, I remember being all over Europe. But, you know, you, you and I were in Italy together. And, like, you, like, I'm going to come back to this place. I, I remember seeing the sunrise over Rome and being like, when again will you ever see this? Like, you want to go back. You want to go back. But she does go back. She goes back to this cathedral. And um, for whatever reason, Gus has, like, the afternoon off from his cookery class. And he goes back, too. He had rented a car. And he, they, they're in the same cathedral again. They turn around and they recognize each other from that time 16 years ago in the same place at the same time. What did you think about that? Well, that would be an example of synapses firing 
Um, yeah, I think I, I, I could buy, I like how she brought it back. Cause I, cause like while you're reading this, you're like, well, how are they going to connect? Cause like, you no, know, no, they like, are they're going to, right. Um, and I, we're just like, reading the back of the book, you know, they're going to. Yeah. And I think I do buy like, it was believable in the exact same place. And all of a sudden your brain kind of be like, Oh, what? Like, wait, I, we've been here before. Yeah. Like, would you be recognizable 16 years from now? I don't know. But I I do kind of think, like, maybe your brain would have some sort of sense of, like, deja vu familiarity yeah. with that person. Especially because there was that initial sudden, attraction. Yeah, there was that initial retru- re- attraction. And they've talked to each other already at the uh-huh. Italian at villa. The, yeah. Like, they've they've spoken. And they've attracted back and forth there. Yeah, and they've, they've both been like, oh, I kind of like this person. Oh, God, I wonder if they're here. Like, ooh, yeah. So then all of a sudden, your brain would be like, oh, I know where I know you from. Because we've all had those moments where we're like, finally! Like, it just clicks, and you're like, yeah! So, yeah, I, I think all of a sudden, for them to be in that place, they'd be like, yep, that's where it is! So, that felt like a true moment, for sure. Like, yeah, I'll buy right. it. Um, and then they just like have a whirlwind romance. I loved that. That was so sweet how they just were like, okay, we're going to spend this time together. And, and, oh, that's really nice. And, uh, you know, it goes back to the, um, oh, like the, um, the, the original gelato place that she had recommended to him. Like they go to look for it and they realize that, oh, it's gone and it's like a shared place that they go, but they keep walking and they find out, um, and, you know, it's somewhere else on the Via Donare, Donare, um, and they go in and they get you know, three different flavors. And she says, "Oh, I forgot about the two flavor rule." And he's like, "What's that? You know, they only have two flavors, and you can only have two. Fla- you can only remember two flavors at a time." And you know, they go back later and get two flavors, and it's they kind of just—it's an amazing day for them. Like they really connect on, I guess, like all levels. And on the drive back to like the resort or whatever they're staying in, it's there. He, you know, they get in the car to leave and he says, tell me about hope. And so she shares that story, you know, probably starts with her mother. We don't, as, the, as the reader, we don't really know exactly what she said, but I assume it starts with, you know, I was in Italy and I came home and my mother was dying and I became, you know, the caretaker of my sister. And this is what happened. And, you know, he shares his stories and he, you know, he tells her about, his affair with Charlotte while he was dating Lucy and he asks her at some point he grabs her hand and says do you hate me and she doesn't understand and he explains because of what I what I've done and she she's you know she says no and then she shares she shares her story of you know kind of the shit things that she's done you know the curves and her way through life and they kind of on equal playing fields and I think that's important I feel like they they both kind of had to make questionable not questionable shit decisions in their life and do shitty things to other people and have shitty things done to them to be on those equal playing fields and and it just kind of works out for them you know they get back and they go to her room and it, it's heavily I mean they have sex and 
you know, he gets up in the morning and he doesn't like leave, you know, he goes down, you know, he's supposed to be cooking while he's there, but he just kind of like says, nah, I got other important things to do. And he, he brings breakfast back to her and uh, they spend more time together. They go, you know, explore the, you know, the places that they love in Italy again and again. And on the second day of kind of like, re- I'm not rekindling because there's nothing to rekindle, but like meeting and like understanding each other he asks her to marry him and he tells her he loves her and asks her to marry him and she's like i i can't and um you know because you know she's like i had breast cancer and he says i know and he's a doctor and he felt her scars and understand like knew what what had happened and you know she you know said that like no it's more than that that um I've been having issues like fainting issues and stuff. And when that's why I'm in, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm in Italy is because when I get back, I have to be tested to see if there's any tumors or cancer in my brain and, you know, chemo's terrible and awful. And I, you don't want to be a part of that. It's, it's something I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to maybe do on my own. And he's kind of like, I don't care. Like I know a great oncologist will get you the best care. He's like, uh, we can uh, we can sell the house in Porta, uh, Portobello and we can move to Italy. We can run away. And she's like, or we could live in Portobello. And he says, yes. And the story kind of ends there. And we don't know what happened. We don't know if, you know, she doesn't have cancer or if she beats cancer and they live, you know, 50 more years or if they have a couple months together. And I... <laughs> uh, the author of the book had like commented on some of our posts and like, if there's any questions, like, let me know. I'll answer any questions. And I, I don't want to ask her. I want to ask her like, is, is Tess still with us? What happens? But I think, I think that's a discredit to the book, to the author, to the story, to like know what happens to Tess. I think we're supposed to just, I think we're supposed to be left with, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that is where it ends. That's all you get. I know, so. but I think that's okay. There's yeah, so many authors I mean, that I mean, and uh, there's authors that I love that like, you know, like the next book would be, you know, uh, about someone who's kind of in their story, kind of in Tessie yeah, and like it, and, it and, and we kind like of we, we kind of get caught up on what, yeah, we maybe we learn right. about doll story i mean we kind of and through that we learn what happened with Tess yeah, and, Gus. Like, and that i love those too but those are kind of like the oh those are the fluffy cotton candy stories that we just read to feel good and they're good love stories and they have great sex scenes in them yeah um and that's not this story but that's okay like they have sex but we're they're not descriptive I, yeah. I, and i kind of feel like that would take away from the story because this oh, is yeah i love those books i love the like nitty-gritty like sexy sex scenes like you know that i love a bodice ripper right yeah but, but that's not what this is that's this not is what like this a... is and i think it would take away i would think it would make it, it would kind of uh, i hate the word but i feel like it would cheapen this story no because this is like a this is a different level those aren't real like let's and be those honest are, they're not those believable. Books aren't, like believable or real like this right. is like they're i feel good remember. they love to read them but they're not eh. this is this book was like this felt this is like raw real and real story. and sad and gut-wrenching and and great all at the same time yeah this feels like this could be too 
like this could be a believable two lives mm-hmm. how they were like on the outliers of each other's lives and weird you know weird ways and then came together yeah at some point and that's that's where we end it yeah and i think i don't know i'll go back and forth on uh, just because of honestly like i have a hard time believing in like and fate and everything happens for a reason because honest to god like i remember when michael died i I was 33 he was 36 i was a widow at 33 and people telling me like everything happens for a reason like i wanted to like punch these cows in the face like these stupid heifer bitches like that's a i don't know it's not helpful it's the opposite of helpful like you're saying that like you're saying my husband was meant to die cool thanks bitch thanks for that fucker yeah so I, I don't I don't believe in everything happens for a reason. No. But I feel like the story taps into like we are we are fated in some way, but there's free will involved in that too. Yeah. I think you know? experiences can like your experiences make you who you are. Yes. Exactly. But I don't think everything happens for a reason. No. I think th- then like what's the point then? Uh, yeah. Like, then who the fuck do I what do I fuck do I care? Right. I I think in this story, I think maybe not maybe. I think Tess and Gus are meant to be together. I mean, but I because think- of some of the choices that they make, they don't come together until they're thirty four. But because of the things they went through, that it, it makes that stronger and it makes them each other's person. Well, I think yeah. If, I think if they had met when they were eighteen, they wouldn't be together. No, because he wouldn't have had Lucy, and Lucy pressured not pressured but like lucy pushed him to excel and without you know and tess is kind of passive i don't know that she would have pushed him i think she'd been Mm. like well what would you like to do instead like do what you want to do you know what i mean like Like, what's in your heart and he doesn't know what's in his heart gus was always the like uh you know he was always in the shadow of the golden child of his brother that i don't think he's ever really made a decision on himself so at 18 i don't think he could have decided what he wanted to do so well, Lucy many, pushed him. How many stay the course can? None. No. That's why yeah. I have four degrees. Because at 18, I was supposed to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life. And my choice was, eh, my teammates are doing education. So if I just do education too, at least I can be in class with my teammates. <laughs> yeah. Good call. I know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think your, your experiences can make you who you are put you in a different situation so yeah if they had met when they were at university they wouldn't be together like no and he like like i think he says too like he like i think he says like i he needed nash nash is the one who kind of replaced tess in that room and he needed nash to kind of help him through life too so Mm -hmm. i don't know so where do you think tess is now i don't know I don't know. I mean, I, I would think like I choose to, to believe that, they, that like her scans were fine, fine and she's and fine. Was, yeah, like it was just like she was still recovering and was still like, you know, was still. Yeah, there's nothing. I feel like there's nothing in there her. There was nothing wrong. Yeah, it was just like, no, you're just weak and you caught it and you were fine. You were just still recovering and that she. Because he even says that. He's like, you're still thin and he's like, you're still like kind of thin and underweight and weak from, uh, you know, previous stuff. And. Yeah. He's a doctor, so I'll choose to believe that. Yeah, <laughs> so that they got to spend their life in Portobello Lane in the house that she always walked by and liked, and that they got to, she got to be a cool stepmom and um, 
Yeah. But I really liked the book. I think it was a really good read. Do you want to go back to London or Italy and explore because of this book? I do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I so want to. You know, once we can escape our own homes. I know. Let's skip. Let's skip Palm Springs and let's go to London for a couple of for a for a long weekend. I'm going to be going to Palm Springs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> let's just go to London and walk around London more. Guys, that's that is a regret. I feel like I was only. I mean, yeah, we. I lived in Wales. You came and visited me, but I feel like London was just kind of like airport to go to like. I know Italy, to I, go to Scotland to go to Ireland. Like I feel like I wish I would have spent more time in London now. In like, I follow, I follow a couple of London YouTubers too, and I'm just like, like I'm seeing like suffrages at Christmas time, or just like London. I'm just like, oh, it's beautiful. But I mean, probably, people probably say the same thing. You know, people not not about Ohio, but they probably say the same thing about New York City. And I was like, I'd rather go to London than New York City. I mean, I like both. Uh, I yeah, I totaled it up. I think I was in and out of London eight times. Yeah. And I was just, I was only over there a month, eight times. But did I actually? I was just told Laura like that, and she, and she was she was like, "Did you go to? Did you see Big Ben?" I was like, "I think I drove by it." <laughs> She's like, "Did you see the Queen?" I was like, "I drove by her house." Like I, yeah. Shame the, um, on me. And like so, like it was like the whole thing, like you, like when she says, like it's something you tell yourself when you're 18. And I, I had this, mo- I had that same moment in, in Edinburgh, Scotland, like hiking up this hill and like seeing like the holly road house and stuff like that and it was just like this i want to come back to this when i have more time and i can do it and it's what is it how many years later what was that 2005 so 15 years later i still haven't done it i want to money and time money and time we should do it we should bucket list it whitney okay well i have neither london well i have neither the money nor the time so you know we have time well i would like to go to scotland so i would love to go back to edinburgh of all the places i visited edinburgh is my favorite hands down there we go i want to see the czech republic too michael's been michael went i have never been to czech republic okay anything else about the story whitney no i just really liked it it was really good i highly recommend Uh, I don't know how to feel about both of us agreeing on a story, final, a book. We liked the other one, too. I don't know why you're acting like this doesn't happen. We both liked American Spy. Yeah, I had I had things to say about it. We both, we both agreed on American Royals. We both didn't like it. We both made fun of it. but I, We both thought it was fine. We didn't hate it. We didn't I feel like love I did. it. But that's like a story that's different. It's like totally, like it's an, it's okay read and it's totally not, it's fantasy. Yeah. This was, book is relatable. I don't know why this book has like affected me so much, but it has. Yeah. It has. It was really good. Oh, th- uh, another thing is the author, this author, Kate Eberlin, Eberlin, I apologize. I don't know. Um, she has another book coming out very, very soon. It comes out in April. Uh, yes. It comes out in April, April, but it comes out to the UK in April. Um, it and it's uh, only you, and it's going to be released in Canada as a different title. I forget what the other title is. Um, I'm trying to look. 
I can't remember, but it has a different title in Canada. And I actually reached out to the author and I asked her when it was coming to the States and what the title was. And she said, you know, she wasn't sure yet. So actually my next project is I have a couple of people from living abroad. I'm going to reach out to them and see if uh, they will get the book for me and ship it to me. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll get two. I'll get two copies, so you have one too. Okay, oh, that would be cool. Thank you. That's like going to that. be my goal this week: is like reaching out to all my people from studying abroad or from my different uh, widows groups. I know there's one person uh, I have that she lives in the UK. Uh, she actually she has uh, coronavirus too. Her and her uh, new her chapter two, her new fella, both have corona. So maybe I'll wait a little bit or I'll reach out to her to see if she will get the book for me and ship it to me and I will pay her for her time and the book. Well, that'd be great. And I'll ship it to you. I feel like it's like 15 years ago we're trying to find the that we're getting the Harry Potters released because they're always released in the UK first. Like we gotta get the Harry Potters from overseas. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yes. Minus the virus, please. Yeah. Ooh. I'll spray with Lysol. I'll I'll set the box out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Whitney, Tiny Joy. Tiny Joy. Um the Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum's new <gasps> show on Amazon. Oh my gosh, I just saw dropped that. on I, Friday. Oh my god, I saw and it. And they do two episodes every Friday for the next five weeks. And so I started that because I needed I some mindless, like happy stuff at the end of the week. And it was just what I needed. I loved Tim Gunn. I watched him speak years and years ago when he came to Cincinnati. And he mm-hmm. was a delight. And if you're listening, Tim Gunn, which I know you're not. I would like to be your friend. Um, so it was very <laughs> nice. The The cool thing about this show that's different from Project Runway is that at the end of the episode, you know, whoever they pick is the winner. You can go onto Amazon and order whatever the winning look was, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Um, so, it's like a limited, like a limited run. Yeah, a limited run. And then they have people from all over the world, not just the United States. So that's also cool. I like Although, that. Although there are two people from Ohio. Weird. Um. And so it's pretty cool. It was fun to watch. I love a I love a good reality show when creative people are doing their creative thing. So I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker for fashion. Um, they're doing it in Paris, so that's super fun. Um, um, Naomi Campbell is a judge, so that's super fun. I can't I talk about it enough. It's exactly what we need during COVID nineteen. <laughs> also, Top Chef just started again, and it's an all star season, and they picked. All of the all-stars who are super sweet and lovely. It's not like they knew the pandemic was going to happen. Or maybe they did. (laughs) I don't know. But they picked all of the nice, sweet people that you loved in all of these seasons. And Mm -hmm. they didn't pick any of the assholes who you were like, oh, fucking shit. So it is two episodes in. And it's just like watching really nice people be nice and cook food. Both of these are great. Go watch them. They're lovely. Wow. Those are my tiny you? Have you... Have you considered watching this like tiger thing i just started talking about i watched one episode and then i asked joe if he was interested and he's like yeah maybe so he's supposed to watch the first episode while i'm doing this so that i can then watch it because i like i was like these are the most florida people i've ever seen in my fucking life (laughs) holy shit florida people I yes, I watched one episode and I was like, oh shit, I'm I'm in it. Uh, I might have to check it out then. Watch the fucking Tiger King. Holy shit. I actually was gonna text you and I forgot, so I apologize. 
So that's what I might do tomorrow while I'm just like, you know, picking yeah. up and doing other things. Have that in the, I might be texting you tomorrow like, what the fuck? Highly um, recommend. They I, are some oh, Florida fucking so, people. I don't know when. It's been recently. It might have been. I maybe didn't tell you last time we recorded. But I've watched Fleabag <gasps> and I have watched um, McMillions. Oh, oh, I am behind on McMillions. Oh, I finished it. I, I think I'm behind by two episodes, actually. Okay. I get a good job. But I'm very proud of you for finishing Fleabag. Mm-hmm. So, I do. At first, I was kind of like, I'm really going to text you. I was like, I know. Can I we still like, be friends if I'm not? Because no. at first, I wasn't like, I was like, nah, and I told you we cannot. So. <laughs> so, I liked it. I don't know if I was like as in awe of it as you were, but I mean, it was it was good. My tiny joy. Um, uh, my tiny joy is, uh, so in Ohio, 2 p.m. every day, we have our governor, Mike DeWine on the TV with a Dr. Amy Acton telling us about how to survive the Dr. Uh, Amy. I love it, Dr. Amy. She's such a sweet soul. When she speaks, you're just like, uh. and I read an article yesterday of someone like being critical of her. I was like, I will fight you. How dare like, you? How dare you be cri- like, oh, she's so precious. We must protect her. She reminds anyway, me a little bit of my doctor actually. <laughs> but, um, so, this week, uh, everyone, someone had shared like this like shirt that someone had made. It was funny, and it was just a shirt. That, it was a wine glass with the state of Ohio in the middle of it, and it said "Wine with the Wine." And someone shared it to one of my like uh, groups, like uh, group chats, and I was just like, uh, "I can make that, guys." So I ordered shirts from jiffyshirts.com they got here like overnight and then i went to i cut the vinyl and uh ironed on all the vinyl i made all these shirts and then i i delivered them to people by like throwing them at their front door from my car you know (laughs) (laughs) and i loved it it was like something creative and fun to do this week to do these like shirts so now i'm like and i found this website that has these shirts they're super soft like soft shirts i'm like i want to start making some other shirts so i was like i said that i told linda i want to make like like existential shirts like uh, i want to say stuff like uh uh i don't even know what all this shit i've said to her but i want to make one right now it sort of says real small on the shirt like i don't want to make like full chest like just like the little like logo in the corner but i want to say one that says like if you can read this you're too close and wear that if i have to go out in public i think that's a good idea <laughs> so yeah so i found like a new you know, i make the like for walu barkery i make like bandanas and bows and uh collars and all kinds of stuff for like dog people obviously not right i mean like there's nothing going on right now to sell this stuff so but i'm like i want to start making shirts and it's like sarcastic funny shirts you know like smile if you're dead inside stuff like that oh i like oh we should talk <laughs> offline i've got some ideas we can start an etsy store <laughs> i saw a shirt i was like i want to remake that but it's like a it's a um uh a raccoon i call trash pandas it's a raccoon and a possum and it says uh live dirty fake your death <laughs> Oh, I like that one. <laughs> so that's right now. I, I'm in like uh, I'm in creative like make shit mode. Well, it's good though. All right. Um. Well, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Platonic Life Mates. You can find us on Facebook at Platonic Life Mates. We have a Facebook group, Platonic Life Mates Adult Lady Friend Coven. Please make sure you join. Um. It'd be super helpful because a lot of times we oh you know stuff like this like if you read the book I know like Linda read this book a couple of people read this book and so I was reaching out to Linda you know ask her for her some of her opinions on this book and that's stuff I really like to put in that group and get more more um more opinions than just like individual people uh, our email address is platonic life mate 
it's singular at gmail.com i want to find the person who has platonic life mates and just beat the email address out and make them give it to me and then of course our website platoniclifemates.com there you have it thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next week bye bye bye